Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. Today, we have Taylor Tiemann as our guest. Taylor is a trademark attorney, and her practice focuses on helping businesses map out their legal plan. Legal plan as in business formation, trademarking, copywriting, necessary contracts, just to name a few. Taylor started her own firm in 2019, and in the past year, she has created a brand for herself, The Legal Amiga. Most recently, Taylor released The Legal Amiga Library, a brilliant time saver for your average business owner. Taylor opened up her own firm because she loves helping Latina-owned businesses with their legal affairs. We know how important it is to level up your legal affairs. So we're so excited to have you here today. So welcome, Taylor. Thank you. I'm always excited to talk to other lawyers, female ter- attorneys. So you might hear me geek out here and there. So welcome, Taylor. <laughs> Thank you. I love the intro. That's like way more impressive <laughs> than <laughs> I ever described. <laughs> no, but you know, chingona all the way here. So we, we like to, to highlight that. So before we get into legalities, tell us about your upbringing and your background? Yeah. So I usually my first go-to of describing my background is like, I'm an athlete at heart. Like I'm always in workout clothes. So I played softball my entire life. Um, Softball took me, I grew up in the Los Angeles area, but softball took me to the East coast to the university of Pennsylvania to play there for undergrad. Um, And then I came back home for law school and I went to Southwestern Law School here in Los Angeles. So that's pretty, That's usually what <laughs> I describe myself. It's very hard sometimes to like step outside of the like athlete mentality. I just feel like it's very, I played sports my whole life and that was what I did. And then I just jumped right into being a lawyer. And that's been kind of my outward identity since. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Like what was it in your personal life or what was it that intrigued you about law school and why did you decide to go? I, and I've been trying to come up with a better way to like answer this question because everybody's always like, why did you want to be a lawyer? But my mom has always been very adamant about like, you need to make sure that you can take care of yourself. Don't rely on anybody else to pay your way for anything for you. Like take care of yourself. Pretty much like don't rely on a man to pay for you. Um, And then I think at a young age, I kind of connected like, okay, that means I have to make a good amount of money to not rely on anyone just for myself. So then I think a couple years down the line, I would ask her like, hey, do lawyers make like a decent amount of money? And she was like, yeah, I guess. And then kind of going through junior high, high school, college. I love writing. I'm a really good writer. I'm a really good persuasive writer. So it just kind of like fell into place that law school was going to be the right area for me. Um, But not realizing that there's lots of different types of lawyers that you can be. So I had just typically seen the ones on TV that are arguing. And I'm like, I was very shy growing up and I still am pretty introverted. And the thought of having to argue in front of people terrified me and still terrifies me. I don't like it. I thought I was going to get used to it. Um, But I think along this journey, like realizing, like, as you know, there's so many different types of law you can be in and practice, but yeah, that's kind of a long winded answer for, I wanted to be able to take care of myself (laughs) and make a decent living. Um, And then falling into an area of law that I really felt passionate about did take 
couple years, like four or five years. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that where the media portrays female lawyers as super aggressive and needing to do that in order to be part of this profession. And it's not like it's not that's not the case. Like you can be another type of attorney, like, you know, you'll, you're going to talk a little bit about what you do in your practice and you don't have to have that aggression or be, you know, have that personality that comes yeah. off as, you know, maybe a B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's like nothing wrong with being like that, but I have never been that. Uh, I don't think so. I've never been like, I'm not super outgoing when you first meet me. A lot of people think I like act like a B because when they meet me, I'm pretty quiet and I like, I don't know, maybe I just look like one sometimes with some makeup on, but people are always like, oh my God, she's probably so mean. Um, so I've never really been very outgoing. And I just kind of was like, I think I have to get used to arguing in court and like, I have to turn into that. And I fought that for like three or four years in law firms. I just was like, this is not what I want to be like. And I'm not, I'm like faking it. I'm not, this is not me. So finally being able to like settle into an area of the law where I can be who I am and just like be me is so much better than trying to fight that. Makes total sense. Uh, what about your, so within the legal field and in law school, I know the profession tends to have very, very little Latinas as lawyers. How, how did you navigate your the law school system and within the profession being being part of that minority it i have a really interesting like kind of backstory for that so when i went into law school I was very i wanted to be part of like a group because i had been on softball teams for so long that i just was like i need to be in a group or surround myself with people because it's kind of like sink or swim like once you get in you have to find people to to kind of help study or help with notes so I immediately joined LASA, which is the Latino Law Student Association at Southwestern. So that was like my group of people that I was kind of relying on my first like couple years to get through. Um, and at Southwestern, that is, I think we're one of the most diverse law schools in the United States. So we have like so many different types of people there, so many different shades of people there. So when I got out of law school, I was like, wait, what's going on? Like law school didn't look like this. And then you start to realize like, okay, this is actually true. There's like not that many of us out in the legal field. Like, why is this happening? And it just was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was a little difficult to navigate. Um, I, I feel like I was, was working at smaller firms at first. So um, and luckily the firm that brought me on right during law school and right after law school, they were Southwestern alumni. Um, so they were really awesome. And then the firm that I went to after that was very small. So you don't really see like the different, the, the differences in people. And then the, the third law firm I went to, which was in Century City, was a little bit bigger. You really start to see like okay, the numbers here are ridiculous. And then I don't, I don't know for sure if it was because of how, like I had another friend there at my law firm in, in Century City who was also Latina. And I don't, I cannot for sure say it's because like we were women or because we were like minorities, but you see things happening and you see like trends of how people are treated 
what they're allowed to do and not do as far as like taking full cases and going to court. And I just was like, this is ridiculous. Like I went from handling all my own cases at one law firm, going to court, handling arbitrations. And then at this other law firm, like they wouldn't let me do anything. And I see my male counterparts being coming in brand new and they were able to kind of go to court, do whatever they want. And I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) So I couldn't like place exactly like I was, I just saw a trend and I was like, this is not for me. So I know that at bigger like corporate law firms and bigger firms, it's really evident. And I've talked to a lot of um, my colleagues who are at like corporate law firms and they're just like, it's terrible. Like they don't, they act like they care, but they don't, they like have all these fake initiatives, but like they're not actually recruiting people. And it's just, it's really frustrating. So I think after I got out of that situation, started my own firm, um, I was like, how do I, like, what can I do to help with this situation? So luckily there's a really amazing, um, I believe they're a nonprofit or they're working on being a nonprofit, the legal education access pipeline. They just started this last year and they are helping um, more diverse potential law students get into law school. Basically it's like a pipeline to help them with the funds to take the LSAT with all of the um, just mentors. They're providing like legal mentors and like resources that they probably wouldn't have had that were like giving giving people a better chance at getting into law school. And I am just like, I advocate for them all the time. I love them. I'm one of their mentors and like, I'm going to do it as long as I possibly can. But their initiative is just like fantastic. And I think, especially with what's been going on right now, you kind of step back and you're like, what can I do to help? And like, this is my lane. Like this is, I'm a lawyer and I can help other, bring other lawyers into this space and mentor them and give them like what, you know, we maybe didn't have when we were applying or like the process because my family doesn't have, we don't have any attorneys in my family. So I was like, I guess this is how you do it and how you apply. And that's the case for a lot of like first generation lawyers, first generation college students, first generation, anything. It's like, how do I navigate this process? So I think I went way off of the question. (laughs) No, that's perfect. I mean, you, this, yeah, that's perfect. I think it's important for our listeners to to listen to your journey. Listen, because uh, there's a lot of of Latinas, Latinos wanting to go to law school, and they've never they've never had a mentor. They've never they've never navigated. I know I didn't have a mentor to navigate or tell me like, oh, this is how you do it. So thank you for sharing that experience and for your mentorship in that program. I think it's important for for people to learn about that and and say like, hey, you can do this too. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. And with that, um, so you you stepped outside from from the firms and you decided to create your own law firm. Why why trademark? What what brought you to trademarking and, and business formation, that that sort of practice? Right around the time, this was probably like March of 2019, I was just like, I thought I was unhappy with the law, but I was really just unhappy with the type of law that I was practicing. Um, And I was in civil litigation and I just like the little arguments over like, can we push a deadline or can my, can I appear telephonically? It's like, we're not, we're arguing like administrative stuff. We're not like help. This doesn't help the client. So to me, I was just, this is like 
this is not fun. This is kind of a waste. So I was thinking about like, do I just leave the law or do I practice in another area? And I had a, um, a friend who was a Pilates instructor and she was like kind of asking like, Hey, you know, I kind of think I might need a trademark and like, I'm starting my studio. Um, and she was at the point with her Pilates studio that I was like, how you haven't talked to an attorney yet. And she was like, no, I just don't really understand. And don't, I don't really know very much about it. And she herself is like a total boss and like had everything handled except for legal stuff. And I was like, if you felt uncomfortable, that means there's a lot of other people out there that feel uncomfortable with this stuff. Um, and I was like, I feel like this is something I can do and I can get into because the client interaction in the previous law firms was something that I was good at and was always kind of assigned like, Hey, can you explain what's going on to the client in a way that they're going to understand like the legal part of this? So I was like, I need to take those skills and apply them to what I'm good at. And I want to be able to help business owners that, that need help and maybe aren't asking for it because it like looks scary or it looks intimidating. Um, and being on the other side of the law firms I was in, we were like, we were suing businesses. So flipping it over and thinking like, wow, none of these people have attorneys. They don't have legal help. They don't have like the access to the knowledge at the very least. So that to me was just, I felt like I could be way more effective in that area. Just from knowing you or meeting you virtually earlier this year, uh, it was very interesting that your practice to me and um, with the girls, I would always uh, refer to you as like Taylor, the trademark attorney. Like even that is like a brand in itself. <laughs> oh, I actually just wanted to mention something. I, I think be before we go into the conversation and we forget this part of it, but you were talking, you mentioned how <clears throat> mentorships, right? It's so important. And I, I love how in you found your way, you found your way. You're like, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, I don't like the law. Mm -hmm. Is it that? Did I choose the wrong field? Am I in the wrong place? But it was more of finding the perspective of like, no, it's not that I don't hate the law. It's just the law that I'm practicing is not for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the importance of having mentors in your workplace and your field. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the main reasons why we were so uh, passionate and excited about starting an a company like ours, like La Bola Platina, because mm -hmm. we're like, there's so many people out there, so many of us that are the first ones, the the first generations, the ones navigating through this without anyone else telling us like, hey, this is how you do it. And if you don't like this law, you can go into something else. Like, don't get discouraged. And I think for anyone that is looking for guidance and looking for support, I mean, we uh, help provide that, but it doesn't, you don't need to necessarily come to us, find someone that can help you navigate through that and help you understand like, hey, maybe it's not the job you hate. Maybe it's what the way you're the way that what's going on in the sense of the way you're involved or the way you're doing this. So it's kind of help us become aware when we do share our stories that it's not necessarily like, look, I just messed up, man. I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> when I just spend 15 years of my life going to school for this. And it's more like, no, see it in a different lens, see it in a different perspective. And sometimes we need an outside person that's unbiased or maybe has had the experience to just help us see that. So I'm so glad that you, first of all, are are interested in mentorship and will continue to be a part of that mentorship program and that you advocate. I think it's so important. I didn't learn until like middle of law school that you really like you, it's okay to ask people for help and to ask them for, you know, what their experience is like, because after I started doing that, I would, cause I would, I, I think I just watched other people and I'm like, how are you doing this? Like, how are all these like dudes getting these jobs with 
like with their network, how are, and they would just be like, I just email this person. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know them that. Okay. And they're like, yeah, I just email them. I just, I was like, Oh, that works. So you, you try it and you're like, okay, this does work. This person is willing to talk to me. I guess that's a thing that we can do. And I love getting like messages or emails from um, anyone that is either interested in this area of the law or interested in being an attorney or interested in law school, because I had a unique experience where I had, I did ask around of friends that had gone to law school and I was like, should I do it? What should, do you like it? And they all said, go work in a law firm first and see if you like the actual day-to-day process. This is a little boring sometimes, but like, I like paper pushing and reading and things like that. So where I worked, um, like half of the, uh, legal assistants were like, I hate this. I don't want to be an attorney. And you have that ability to like look at it real life practically speaking and I'm so glad somebody told me or a lot of people told me like go work in the legal field before you actually apply to law school pay all that money um so I'm giving my like honest opinion like law school is not fun but if you know what you want to do and if you are passionate about like changing an area of something like it's so worth it but if you're if you don't like reading like you're not gonna have a fun time (laughs) That is so funny. I really am grateful that you're here, Taylor, to give us practical, honest advice. You know, that's always what we need. We need to be able to trust someone. And it sounds like you had those folks that were able to give you really good advice. You went and tried what their advice was, and then you could figure things out for yourself. So I want to now get into the nitty gritty because the listeners are hoping to start their own business. If listeners want something practical to really get started, this can be honestly overwhelming and confusing. Like you said, you had a friend that wasn't looking out for the legal part of things. And I know that for us, we have Ceci. So we so heavily rely on Ceci. But I think without that piece, I might be very well intimidated by everything that you have to know in terms of forming a business and all the different terminology. So first, let's start with a business plan. Why is that so important? Let's start at that piece for anyone thinking about starting their own business. It is super important. And I would say don't start a business. Don't go into a business. Or don't start a business without one. The level of business plan though, but you guys can probably speak to this better than me, but the level of business plan is going to vary. Like some people have to, with investors, they have to pitch like an entire plan. And some people are just like, I'm going to start this business. And I mapped out what I think I want to do. Whatever the bare minimum is, like do that at least because you don't want to go into something that you haven't researched at least a little bit about. Like when I was thinking about starting this, I reached out to, there's a couple other attorneys that I actually reached out to to via Instagram and I asked them like, okay, when did you start your practice? Was this really difficult? Like, are you able to get clients Um, And they were all super nice. And I think I reached out to like four or five of them who I still am connected with today. And they all were just like, yeah, it's going to be hard work, but you can do it. And it's, it's, it's doable. It's feasible. So I was like, okay, that makes me feel better. Um, But had I not reached out to them, I wouldn't have personally felt comfortable moving forward. And I don't know that I ever would have done that without at least figuring it out. And then looking, looking back, I probably should have had a more robust business plan. Cause I just was like, they they said it's doable. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but, um, having some sort of business plan is so it, it's, it's necessary. And it's, it's going to make you not only more successful, but feel more comfortable moving forward that like, okay, this is something that I can do. I think it's a really good starting off point too, because it's like they say, you can't get to your goal and your target if you don't know what you're aiming for. 
So just like a bow and arrow in a business, it's not just going to all come to you. And in fact, often until you get to the business plan, you don't know what the structures are that you need in place. And so things become very haphazard and almost twice as long and three times as hard because you are reinventing the wheel every time you think about something new. But Mm -hmm. if everything is laid out on a business plan and a timeline, then you actually have this method to the madness, so to speak. So I think it's an important step that shouldn't be uh, minimized by any means. Mm-hmm. For anyone listening today that really wants to get down to it and start to operate their own business, I think one of the first questions they often have is, what kind of business do I start? Like, what's the difference between all of this jargon that I hear between like a limited liability corporation or just a corporation or a partnership? You know, can you explain just a little bit? I know we don't have all the time in the world and it's probably really good stuff that you love to talk about, but give us in a nutshell, you know, what we need to know about business formations. Yeah. Most, if you're like just starting a business and it's going to be like you and a friend or it's going to start off small. I know we all have goals of like where we want to take things, but we have to be realistic. Like we're going to be starting off small and we aren't planning on having investors. Usually if you want that like immediate legal protection, you're going to be looking at something like an LLC for a smaller business. If you want that legal protection between you and the business, um, you don't have to form an LLC, but that is the way that you basically draw that line between my assets and my business's assets. Um, and sometimes it's like, sometimes it's not even practically a good idea for some people to form an LLC because the filing fees that are involved, they're kind of costly. So if you're starting like a small side business and you want to see where it goes and where you can take it, like the fees to form an LLC are not favorable to you. And maybe you should hold off and see. Um, but you know, somebody that's starting like, for example, like a cannabis related company, like that's a lot more high risk. So you might want to initially start off with that LLC just to keep yourself protected. So it's kind of across the board, but everybody starts off uh, as a sole proprietor, which is, it's just the automatic legal entity that you don't have to file anything to form it. Um, but you are tied legally to anything your business does. The minute you want to separate that, you have to form a legal entity that only revolves around your business. So usually it's LLC. If you're looking at a corporation, uh, usually that's a better idea for somebody who's immediately taking investors. Or if you are perhaps thinking about like paying your paying your employees and like stock options or things like that, it's a little bit more complex and it is really uh, fact dependent, but um, there are ways to legally protect the business entity itself, or even just create one. Wonderful. Thank you for that little bit of a cheat sheet. You're obviously going to be able to look up Taylor after this and can be a client of hers or she can be a mentor of yours and figure out more of this if you're ready to get started. In fact, one of the things that we were recently grappling with, and that's how we all kind of got to know you, is understanding trademark and the need for that and copyright. And some might think those are one and the same, but if you could please give us the review on the difference between both of those and why that's important. Copyright and trademark are confused like all of the time. And everybody's always like, I know I don't know the answer to this. And I'm like, I didn't even know the answer to this in law school. So don't (laughs) worry. Essentially, a trademark is a way that your customer or client recognizes your brand. So um, you, any business owner that is operating a business under a name that's separate from their personal name, like you have a trademark, you immediately have a trademark. Um, whether or not you've registered it, though, is a separate story. So a trademark is essentially like your name, your logo, or your slogan. It is how your customer recognizes you as a brand. Um, 
copyrights are the rights that you have within things that you've created. So when we're looking at things that you have copyright in, a lot of times we're looking at like anything you've written, um, anything you have, like usually it's with like uh, graphic designers or people that are designers that are like drawing actual images. You have copyrights in those things. Again, whether or not you registered or not is a different story, but uh, those are the legal rights that we have pretty much immediately as business owners. Trademark is one that you have like pretty much the minute you start using something and selling. Where people I think get confused is, okay, when I go to go protect something in my business, do I trademark or do I copyright something? And that really boils down to what are you trying to protect your like brand name, brand logo, or are you trying to protect the other things within your business that you've created that maybe aren't brand associated, but there's still things that you've created. Perfect. That helps us understand a lot. I know that we had a going back and forth on that. And we've had several of our clients ask us, like, what do we do? Because they're like, should I copyright? Should I, should I, you know, do the trademark? And we do our best to explain it to them. And uh, recently, I even had one of my like a, a childhood friend, I had not kept in touch. Somehow they reached out to us through our level of Latina um, DMs. And he was like, yo, Vero. You know, I, I mean, I was just like, okay, homie. You know, I was like, damn, I haven't heard from Larry since we were in like elementary school, you know? Hey, you know, good to hear from you. But his question was like, hey, I'm interested in starting a podcast. And should I, should I copyright or trademark my name? And my simple answer was just like, you know, I was like, look, Larry, I'm glad you reached out. Thanks for asking me. I'm not an expert, but I would say if you're looking to build a brand off of your podcast, then yes, do it. It's not going to be, it's not going to be cheap. It's not going to be easy, but at least you know that if you're looking to really invest your time into this podcast and want to create a brand, go for it. Okay. So for us, really, you know, for us, it, it took us a little bit of a process. You know how we had a little bit of going back and forth and we were just, ah, what do we do? It's one of those things for everyone. So creating a brand is so important. So like, I love when people want to share like legal info because usually coming from me, it's like, oh God, the attorney is talking. Like I'm in one ear out the other. But when anybody else starts talking about legal, then they're like, oh, this is important. So it's so true. They have the law degree debt. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay, Theo. All right. Yeah. Yes, Theo. Exactly. Really, yeah. Theo. Okay. All right. No, it's like people say you become parent debt. Like you don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to the professional either. Like everybody else says it and you agree. Or you also cannot be a prophet in your own land. So they think, uh, don't preach at me, but someone else does that and you, they get away with it. It's great. Yeah. But it's so helpful when you guys are like, share the message. It like, it not only makes my job easier, but people actually listen <laughs> to someone else. We're hoping, we're hoping they do. So everyone out there, please listen up. <laughs> so now that we know the importance of creating a brand, tell us about your brand, The Legal Amiga, and how the name came about. Like what inspired you? I really wanted to, when I was, I created Legal Amiga probably about, I had the idea for the legal services membership pretty much like right when I started the firm because I was looking, I was researching like the, the best ways to make legal more accessible to the consumer and also for myself how it wasn't going to be like a ridiculous amount of time work and energy like how do we both win so the subscription services was something that was really interesting to me it's um, something that a lot of lawyers are starting to offer but it's not super popular yet 
But to me, I was like, this is a win-win because like, I don't have to bill a million hours for my time. My clients can pay a lesser fee than having to pay me like whatever my hourly rate is. You just pay like a month and you get access to me. So the concept I had pretty early on, I was as I was building the business plan and restructuring the business plan. I was plan. about to say, girl, I was like, that business plan, <laughs> yo, right there. <laughs> uh, but the name I was trying to figure out and I was... I was less focused on like the branding part of it. I just was like, I'm going to pick up a name that might be cute. And I was like, um, Amiga plus legal or legal plus Amiga. I think that would be cute together. Cause it also, to me, it signifies like I can be your lawyer, but also like know you on like a friend relationship, a friend connection, because that's really important too. Like I think the, the common view of lawyers is like, we're, standoffish we're like cold we're only here to like bill you for your time um but really building the relationships with my clients is like the most important part to me because you have to feel really comfortable with somebody that's your lawyer or your accountant or anybody that's handling that type of stuff so i just kind of combined the words without i just wanted to like get the membership out there and going um and then I didn't even realize like how much I really loved the name and how much people liked it until people were like, didn't know my name, but they knew Legal Minga. And I was like, okay, this That's is cool, cool now. <laughs> this is cool. Um, so then I just kind of ran with that branding. Um and that is that's for my legal services. So for like my one-on-one clients that um, they pay a monthly rate to be able to have all access to me and ask me their questions and all of that good stuff. And then a couple months down the line, I was working on the template shop and well, it started as a template shop. It was just going to be contract templates, but then I started creating courses and that is the more educational like library aspect. And it turned into the legal mega library. I had a lot of names for it earlier on, but the legal mega name just kind of, I feel like it stuck better with people. So that ended up getting branded as the the library. But I think I personally trademarked the name early on. So I knew I could like use it, own it, etc. But I just did that because I'm I'm like neurotic about legal stuff. <laughs> but seeing that like people actually liked it, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like people know that instead of my name. That's cool. That's <laughs> like it's cute and smart and I got you. Yes. Got your attention. <laughs> yeah. And the I don't know. I just at your website like I love it it's like so user-friendly and straightforward and I just love the whole branding concept clearly you know the colors too I love the colors when I jumped on there I was like I get I get a vibe like we have like some you know commonalities we have some common ground here we know what's that we want to embrace people come on in we want to be your friends I mean just like you mentioned when you have your lawyer your CPA but in this case lawyers we're so afraid of lawyers I don't know why like I remember growing up also watching the Los Defensores, like the commercials on TV and hearing them on radio with Jaime Jarrín, the, the Latino Vince Scully, right? <laughs> so hear them and you're like, oh, but what do people call lawyers for? And it, it always just seems like Los Defensores and we're going to fight for you. And it seems like, you're like, should I call a lawyer? Like, I, how do I talk to a lawyer? I think it's kind of, it's scary or not it's scary. It's intimidating. So you're like, you have this person that just all, has all this knowledge and you're like, how do I know they're not going to take advantage of me? How do I know they're going to be honest and clear with me? Lawyers are liars. You know, you grow up hearing all this stuff. Yeah. So I love the fact that you're saying legal Miga, I am going to give you the, the realness. I'm going to keep it trail. I'm going to keep it trail and give you the real stuff. And I'm going to be your friend about it, but I'm going to keep it real with you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give you, you know, 
hidden messages, like hitting meanings on things, just raw, clean, how you deserve to hear it, like any good friend should be, right? Yeah. A lot of times we're like, can you believe my friend just told me that? Ew, they're not real friends. No, the real friends that are willing to be honest with you yeah, and tell you things, that's that's the kind of friend you should keep, yeah. like for real. Yeah. So I like the name. I like what you're doing. Um, you know, you give off the, the, hey, I'm willing to help and work with you. You have different services to offer, which is awesome. You know, who, who, who depending on what kind of help you need so you can, you know, accommodate each person, which is great because we know that it can also get pricey when you do, you know, need this legal, legal assistance. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the legal amiga, you mentioned the library. What kind of things can, um, people that subscribe or become members, can, what things can they find in yeah. the, in that library? Yeah. Um, so the library itself is, it's pretty much like a online educational library with respect to legal um, it's mostly contract templates and legal templates for ways to protect yourself legally. Um, most of it is agreements, but there's also like privacy policies, terms and conditions, like the things that I have found that my clients need like all of the time. That's what's in there. Um, there's also a couple industry specific contracts in there because I do work with several types of, um, several types of businesses on a frequent basis. So I was like, okay, these are things that people need. So there's a lot of, there's, I think there's over 20 contract templates in there. And then there's also two courses in there, which is interesting because we're talking about copyright and trademark. There is a trademark toolkit course, which basically teaches you like what a trademark is, how to identify your own trademarks. And then I also walk you through the process of how to file if you want to file on your own. Um, and then just how to maintain ongoing protection, because once we have a trademark, we have to actually protect it afterwards. Also, um, the other courses for copyright, same type of thing, teaches you what it is and how to file. Um, and then I also have a legal guide in there. That was like my first kind of my legal guide was like my first little baby that I worked on and like sent to business owners that maybe were not able to afford an attorney one on one for long term. But I was like, OK, this this will help. In the meantime, take a look at this. And I have lots of goals for things that I want to put in the library, what I want to be able to educate people about. Because um, there's lots of things as business owners that we need that, like, I, I know, like, I started a business, like, we have a budget that we're working with, and we can't always afford everything up front. But like, having something in place is way better than having nothing at all. So being able to give those types of resources was something I really wanted to be able to do. I agree with you in the sense when you start a business, you're just like where there's so many things and you focus on as many things as you can. You're like, okay, this is the basic stuff that I need. But as things as your business grows and you're developing, you realize that there's so many more things that you need. And this is going to be very helpful for anyone that's launching their business, already has a business and just doesn't have the agreements they need. Like, you know, small businesses that deal with vendors, like there are vendors that deal with people constantly. Hey, this is something to have. Protect yourself, protect, you know, mm -hmm. um, your business in general, because you're putting so much work into it. And why not protect it? Right. This, this yeah. is our baby. Yeah. So now we're going to transition into a little bit of, of more of a of the personal life part, because I know that, you know, that we say doctors and lawyers that, you know, you, and, and dentists end up in divorce or, you know, end up all this, they don't have no time. They're constantly just working, working, working. And the conversation, I mean, being an attorney is stressful. I'm sure there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of technicalities, so many things that you just, and you can't miss on the little things. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? I know you mentioned you're an athlete. 
So that totally told me you're competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hence, I think that's why you transitioned into, you were okay with being a lawyer, girl. It's yeah. not just like, hey, mom, do you make money? But it's yeah. like, I can see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's <laughs> like the, the, the athlete part, I can, I totally see it, how you, you know, how you're a lawyer now. And um, so kind of tell us a little bit about like, how, what do you do, Taylor, to take care of yourself, to maintain and what? We still call a work-life balance, even though a lot of the times we know that the balance part is hard. But um, what do you do to kind of just stay active in your own life, and also share with us how it is you're going to you um you just uh, recently got some news that you you know that you you got engaged. So congratulations on saying yes. <laughs> like we said, it is your choice, right? I agree. It's really important to actually like talk about work-life balance um, and not just like talk about it, but like be open about it because I think we, I mean, I don't know. I used to glorify the whole like, oh, I'm working at a big law firm and I work 12 hours a day and I'm so exhausted. I don't have any time to do anything it's like that gets old very fast. To be honest, that like one century city law firm, like I was working crazy hours. I was not working out. And I had usually like my whole life have worked out like several times a week doing something. And I wasn't working out. And looking back, I was just like, I was probably depressed because I was just like so exhausted. And it just hit a point where I was like, this is not for me anymore. While I was working there, I had three grandparents pass away in one year. And it was a super life check of like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what is going on? Like I need, and I immediately was just like, I need to spend more time with my family. What am I doing? I'm not even taking out. First I was like, I need to spend more time with my family, not even realizing that I wasn't taking care of myself. So once I left, I was like, wow, I was not taking care of myself. It wasn't working out. Um, But being able to, it's really important to me to be able to also take care of myself. So I'm I do make sure that I at least like walk or do, a, we just got a Peloton. So I'm very excited about that. Ah, how exciting. It's so cool. Or like before uh, COVID hit, I was doing Pilates like at least four times a week, just getting some sort of exercising. Cause that is the one thing that has gotten me through like very stressful times, like law school, very stressful. The only thing I could like really throw myself into and be relaxed was working out. And I was always working out in law school. And some of my friends were like, why are you taking a study break to go work out? I'm like, because I can't sit here for 10 hours and study. I'm sorry. And you look around and see everybody studying for 10, 15 hours in a row. And I'm like, I don't, I, I can't do this. I'm sorry. If I fail my exam, I fail my exam, but like, I can't, I physically cannot sit here and study. So I think just knowing, like checking in with yourself and knowing what you need to do to keep relaxed, whether that's like meditation, like yoga, exercise, just taking a break with family, just overworking yourself is kind of glorified. And until you get to the point where you're actually truly overworking yourself, you're like, this is not what it, what I want. And this is not what it's supposed to be. But I always tell like law students specifically, I'm like, you need to go find a way to work out, meditate, like take, take your breaks and don't be intimidated by everyone else around you that looks like they're not taking breaks because I see them, they're in the library and they're taking their breaks to like joke around in the library. And so it looks like they're studying, but they're not really studying. I mean, I guess this applies across the board with any industry, but like when law school 
law school specifically, you see everybody around you working so hard and you're like, am I doing enough? Like, am I taking enough time to study? And you really have to just like sit with what you're comfortable with and like be very stubborn and like, this works for me. So I'm going to do it. My grades are a little up and down for a little bit, trying to figure out like what works for me, finding out like what actually makes you feel better and, and less uh less stressed out discipline right like to to be able to either tell yourself you need to get up i can't do this for 10 15 hours i need to go for a run or i need to go on get on that peloton or i need to just work out discipline to sit there for 10 to 15 hours to study like mm-hmm. you're gonna have so many things and you just need to know i think many of us lose track of the work how hard it is going to be that you have you're at one point going to have to give up on on something right Mm -hmm. you're either going to be like it's going to be less family time it's going to be less friend time it's going to be this so we forget that when we're applying for these schools and we're applying and we're studying for the gmat the lsat whatever it is you're studying for it's going to take time and then getting into the school is going to take even more time out of you Mm -hmm. so we have to kind of remind ourselves like hey the discipline needs to be there to be able to sacrifice certain things and not feel guilty about it, right? Do it guilt-free, girl, guilt-free. Like sexy always had really good boundaries and would say, no, I can't. And like this discipline to miss out, you know, delay instant gratification, even if we were like, no, we're going to TJ. No, I'm not. Like I'm I'm in, in law school, like she definitely had those boundaries. And and like you said, Taylor, I mean, your grades maybe went up and down. You may have your moments and it can be very rigid and other times you can relax, but there are also times where it's ultimate sacrifice and, you know, way to go you two for having the ability to have that discipline. This is where I feel Irene jumps in and says the tip of the day is the tip of the day. No, I feel that that's the tip of the day. It's like, there's going to be yeah. no, know your goal, know the reason, know your purpose, know the reason why you're going, why you're there, why you're putting yourself through this, you know, intense studying or the intense hard work, because once it's every aspect of it is going to be challenging, right? Mm-hmm. So just have the discipline, know your why, keep your purpose going. And then at the end of the day, you can like we as three, you know, we've we've had the experience where we're like, you know, we want to do something on our own, create our, our own business. And we have the flexibility to do certain things and work our business how we want to work it. For you, Taylor, you started your own firm. You're like, this is what works for me. This is what's going to make me happy. And I am doing what fulfills me as a professional, but at the same time, it's going to allow me to be fulfilling and, uh, and work and help others. Yeah. So tip of the day. <laughs> I like the the point about like the guilt about feeling like you're taking time off. Cause I always feel like if I take a break, I feel guilty that I'm not working. Mm. Um, and I heard who was, who was I listening to the other day? Angela Duckworth who wrote grit. And she's like a super awesome, like psychologist, whatever. She reframed it in a way that made so much more sense to me. And I'm going to actually try to apply this because I do feel really guilty when I'm taking a break. If I'm working on something, she was like, if you are so, um, so insistent on working, 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 and that's just like your mindset, you're a hard worker, then instead of saying like, I'm going to take time to relax, just say like my task for today is to relax. So your brain still thinks like I'm doing something because I'm doing like on my checklist, it's like relax or check. It's like, go work out. I was like, I should maybe try that because my brain will probably think like, oh, I'm still getting something done. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I see Ceci over there going like this. Love it. Yeah, okay. Ceci's got her checklist, right? Well, like, I have my checklist <sighs> on a daily, and I, I, I always write in breathe, 
right? Because I started I started this like uh, breathing exercise when I, I, I was part of this like st uh, stress study earlier this year, but now I incorporate that and I write it in and I like to cross it off when I'm done with it. Now a lot of us are working from home and we're adding so many, we're working more than we are then we are just living, right? We're living at work for the term that everyone's saying now. So we have all these to do's. And one thing I like to, I like to do because I was being really hard on myself because I felt like I wasn't being productive was I was adding too many things to my list, my to-do yeah. list. So I said, pick the top three things, pick the top three things that you know you need to get done and you need to focus on and you've been putting them off. I'm like, and if you have three tasks and you can check those off, you're going to feel so like, I got it done. I was good today. I'm productive. So instead of overwhelming ourselves with so much, I think we want to keep busy. We want to keep productive like we have been for so long. But times are a little bit different. I mean, even if I haven't been in the workplace and I, my workplace has been home raising my kids and, you know, doing Level Up Latina, there's, you can still feel it, the stress. Like it's, the world is just feels like it's pounding on you, you know? Yeah. So it's okay to like, you know, what you just said is take that time and add it onto your to-do list. And even if it's item number four, item number four is for you mm -hmm. and take care of you, which leads us into this question. I, I feel silly asking you because you look so young. <laughs> you look so young, but we, you're, you're, you're wise for your age. Oh so we always like to ask our guests, this is like our, our go-to question. Um, what 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 advice would you give your 25-year-old self? And I'm happy to share my age. I'm 31. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that would have been in law school. Probably, I don't know. Everyone probably tells themselves some something to this effect of like you're capable than way more than you think you are. Um, I think I law school was like the first time that I really felt like, oh my gosh, can I do this? Because I, I, to, in my head, like mentally, I got into college with a sport. So I already was like, academically, I don't know if I'm at where everyone else is. So I felt a little um, insecure about that academically. And then law school, I was like, okay, I finally got into something on my own merits. Like, am I going to be able to do this at all? And you kind of like look around and you're like, okay, everybody's doing this. Everybody's studying like this. Like, here's all the schools that they went to. Like, I'm getting really nervous. Um, but just like how sometimes you just have, have to have that confidence in yourself and be like, I'm here for a reason. Like they didn't just pick my name out of a hat. Like I applied if they think I can be here, I should also think that I can be here. So I think just being comfortable with like, I, there's potential there that I haven't even reached that you don't even know that you have. So like being confident in that it's there, you just maybe haven't tapped into it yet. Um, cause I think I was just like, I got to get a job after law school and figure out what I need to do and like do something that looks like impressive. But in law school, I was like never thinking about opening a firm. I didn't want to, I didn't want the responsibility. I had friends that were like, Hey, we should open a firm. And I'm like, Nope, don't want that. No, thank you. I want to rely on a paycheck from someone else. Um, but then you get out of law school and you're like, this job, I can get fired. Like I'm, this person is not, they don't have to keep me here. So I might as well just, try and make my own money if somebody else is responsible for my paycheck. And that really hit home with COVID. I have, I have a lot of friends who work for law firms and they were very scared. Like when COVID first started, we we're closing down. They were like, I'm not hitting my billable hours. We just don't have enough work to do. And I'm sitting here like, all I have to do is make sure I'm present and can find clients and these people are like relying on someone else to pay them. And I'm like figuring out my own way to get my stuff done. So that was 
kind of like a turning point where I was like, I'm in control of my own, um, my own success. So everyone out there, remember you are capable of more than you think. And with this, we're going to wrap it up. I think that was a great way to end our session, our podcast today that keep in mind that, you know, you are capable of more than you think. Um, and you're going to be able to adapt, adapt, you know, follow your gut in the sense of like, I think this is right for me. You know, sometimes we just feel that we need that security from a job, but we have to create things for ourselves as well. And there's, there's always a thing that people say like, you can always go back to corporate. You can always go back to that other job. You can always go back, but you'll never know. If you don't try, you'll never know what you could have done if you would have just believed in yourself a little more and done it and gone for it. So anyone out there, this is the time if you, let's say you've lost your job. Let's say you're just in that position where you just don't know what to do. Go for it. It's that time to forget presidents and just try something new. Mm -hmm. 2020 has turned, given us the biggest curveball. Uh, that we could have imagined. So thank you again for being here with us today, Taylor. We learned a lot. We hope that everyone listening learned. And um, we want to make sure that if they want to keep in, you know, keep in contact with you or maybe send you a message, how can they find you? Yeah, I am on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot. <laughs> my <laughs> handle is legal mega, legal plus mega. And then uh, my website's www.ttmanlaw.com. And my, I try to give a lot of information on my Instagram, whether that's posts or stories, just ways to kind of keep in check with things that you need legally. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my way of geeking out and posting about things. <laughs> we love it. That's how we found you. Uh, we can, we follow you. We we like your stuff. We thank you for putting it out there for everyone that that definitely needs that information. And with that, we'll finish up. We'll wrap up. Thank you again for checking in. If you want to continue the conversation, don't forget, everyone, you can email us at admin at leveluplatina.com or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Our handle there is leveluplatina. And on Twitter, we just recently launched our Twitter account. Uh, you can find us at latina underscore up. So that's latina underscore up. So feel free to keep in touch, keep the conversation going. Everyone take care. Don't forget to level up. I so admire anyone with a podcast because I don't know if that's what I'll do that. I probably have to like, I don't like talking for the most part, but like having to talk like and plan what you're talking like it's a lot of work i know and then edit the talking <laughs> edit, the yes. <laughs> so much yeah, you have people yeah. then you have everyone saying uh can you guys stop saying uh um's case mm, i have a post-it here to remind myself um no you know Paul, no um you know um you know when you're I actually did. very well spoken taylor though you're very nice and you know calm i'm like she's got great energy like you're soothing when you speak i, I don't know if anyone has told you that but i'm like wow she's very soothing thank I've, you i've thought that even in your instagram stories when you do when you do speak i'm like wow she she didn't have to restart how did she how did she do that <laughs> if they don't sound good they get refilmed <laughs> No, you are incredible. I'm like, she's so just chill and, and getting it done. You guys are Thank awesome. You. This is so cool. This like feels like a legit like talk show. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put some of that in. She's a legit talk show. It's going in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>